الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وذكر فان الذكرى تنفع المؤمنين صدق الله العظيم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters we have on numerous occasions started off on this note that allah taala says remind for verily verily a reminder is beneficial for the believers and this will continue inshallah till allah taala give us tawfiq that this reminder we need for ourselves we need to remind ourselves and remind others also the reminder that we have to give ourselves now is that we are approaching the very mubarak time again we are already in this mubarak month of rajab and then it's followed by shaaban and then the greatest month of ramadan so to us it might seem like a long way it might seem like well it's still close to two months away so why should we now get too concerned about it from now when the time comes we'll attend to it then but that is where the problem is that we leave it for then but by that time it is now too late to really do something constructive we have discussed this example previously also that a person now wishes to run the marathon so to run the marathon he decides to wake up the day before they won't even allow him perhaps i don't know but he decides to wake up the day before the marathon and to run the marathon so if he does go and start off also it might be 1 kilometer down the road 2 kilometers down the road and he will be exhausted he might be half collapsing and he might completely collapse also because he hasn't trained his mind is not focused he doesn't hasn't built the stamina and the strength so now he can't manage this and in a short time he is down and out unfortunately the same happens with us that we haven't built ourselves for the month of ramadan generally this is what happens year in and year out we haven't built ourselves for the month of ramadan we haven't prepared ourselves the preparation for ramadan in reality is the preparation for the amal there is no harm in preparation of other things in terms of the eats that will be enjoyed in ramadan but the purpose of preparing that in advance also is to create the space and time in ramadan for more amal that all this has been done in advance so now that this is done it reduces the work load for the month of ramadan and there's more time to engage in amal but if now also the preparation was only focused towards the delicacies and whatever else and the month of ramadan comes and then too there's no uh, 
amal that are being performed, then obviously this is a major tragedy. And then the whole object and purpose of the month of Ramadan has been lost. To those who don't have the appreciation for the month of Ramadan, even that loss is something which is not really considered as a loss. That is an even greater tragedy. One is a person loses something and the person realizes what he lost. There will be regret, there will be remorse, there will be disappointment and that regret and that remorse and that disappointment will then spur a person to be more careful next time. And it will spur a person to become more conscious. But if there is no consciousness of what was lost, then the person would be even more heedless as time goes. Like a child, so one father wanted to teach his son that what is the value of money. Now this is just a story that the father wanted to teach his son what is the value of money. Because now as children grow up, they think money grows on trees. One person came to ask, or rather his son came to ask him suddenly out of the blue, keep making demands and please I want hundred rand and then as he started growing then he wants five hundred rand every now and then and grew a little bit more now he wants thousand rand every now and then. So the father was somebody who could dramatize things also. So one day when he came and the father was sitting and out of the blue he just said but you know this week I need two thousand rands. It was gone from hundred to five hundred to thousand. Now suddenly out of the blue he jumped to two thousand. So when he told the father, you know what, I need 2,000 rands, so the father looked up and uh, he said, okay, okay, just now I'm just coming, let me just see. And then he went outside the house. He opened the back door and he went out in the garden. And now he's tearing at one tree. Now the son is following him and he is looking, what is my father up to now? I asked him for 2,000 rands. He's going outside the house. So now he comes to the door also and he's looking at the father, he's looking and staring at this one tree. After a while the father came back inside. So he says, but I'm asking for 2,000 rands. You went outside and you're staring at this tree. So he says, no, I watered the tree and I was hoping that some notes are going to grow on it. I looked and looked, I couldn't find one note on it. That tree that I'm trying to plant from where money grows is still not happening. So maybe I'll try again. If that tree grows where money grows on the tree, then I'll be able to give you 200,000 rand also. But right now the tree is not growing still. So he was just dramatizing it that you keep coming and making demands. I want 100 rand, then I want 1000 rand, and now 2000 rand, and then it will become 10,000 rand too. You think that money grows on trees. So when a child is growing up and they don't have any idea of what goes into the effort of parents who have to earn a living to support their families, what kind of sacrifices are made, what kind of uh, difficulties they undergo, how much of mental pressure they have to take sometimes, how much of time and effort is sacrificed sometimes, how much of rest and comfort sometimes is put aside. But the child has no consciousness of this. Children feel and think that everything just falls from nowhere and just comes and has to be then just given as demanded. So that is something that is a very, very far-off thing 
we should never ever conduct ourselves in that manner. We should appreciate what our parents do for us. We should be grateful for the things that they provide for us. Some might be able to provide very minimal things because they themselves are in such a dire situation. So they don't have anything beyond that. They sacrifice the little they have to make us more comfortable. But they don't have anything beyond that. Now, somebody is going to insist and keep making demands and persisting. Sometimes this pushes parents into now borrowing money for comforts and luxuries. And as a result, it puts them into very severe difficulties and tribulations. Now, who became the the means of that? The demands that we made, we became the means of it. So we should be very conscious about this and totally refrain from it. So what we were talking about is that now that child who is growing up and hasn't the value of money, where it came from, how it was worked for, how much of sweat had to be shed, how much of perspiration was shed in order to earn this money and whatever difficulties and sacrifices were made, especially if there is an allowance that keeps coming regularly, it just gets spent wildly. No consideration, what came, where it went, how it went, how I wasted it, or what I did, nothing. Because we didn't have to earn it. We didn't have to sweat for it. But the child who had to work for his money, there are many who, young boys who are in school, etc. But for their pocket money, they have to go and take on a Saturday job, take on an afternoon job somewhere. They work hard for their work money. Some girls, mashallah, keeping within the limits of shariat and parda, etc. They help their mothers to bake things, to do other things from a from within the home, which is then sold to earn a living, to just get the basics sorted out. Just go through life with the very basics. And alhamdulillah, they have that understanding that they should do the best they can to support in this, to do what they can. So when they receive something and they earn that hundred rands also, there is a lot of appreciation for it. Because the value of that hundred rands is now known. Now this, both these situations, one is that child that just keeps getting the thousand rand allowance, five hundred rand allowance, or couple hundred rands allowance, without any effort, without any blinking of an eye, this comes, and if something, then you want more, you'll get more. So, that child lost that five hundred rands. Now that child lost that five hundred rands that just came as allowance, just, or he doesn't take it. And then if they want more, they just get more. So, I lost that 500 rands. So now that looks around, what happened now? It's not here in my pocket. I don't know. I thought I had it here. Where is it? The child just says, okay, don't worry. Tomorrow I'll get some more. Because it got no value for it. Doesn't think that now I was careless and I lost it. And, you know, why did I do such a thing? And why didn't I look after it properly? Nothing. But that child who worked for that money, who went and stood in the heat somewhere, that girl who undertook that effort and difficulty to help her mother, she was baking late at night and she was doing something in the weekend and making those rotis maybe for selling, whatever the case is, mashallah, many are in a very proper manner within the limits of shariat. They are doing what they can to support their families. It's really commendable. Allah Ta'ala give them barkat in their risk. Allah Ta'ala give them tremendous khair and afiyat, fulfill all their needs of dunya and akhirat. Now she earned hundred rands. And Allah forbid that hundred rand got lost. Ask her heart that she lost hundred rands. This other child lost five hundred rands. Maybe lost even thousand rands. 
This child is not even bothered about it. Uh, tomorrow something else. Because he got no value for it. He didn't have to work for it. He didn't have to strive for it. He didn't have to wait late in the night doing some work. Or spend the weekend doing things. He just came. just came without any effort. So there's no qadr for it. There's no value for it. And this child worked for it. And because this child worked for it, now he's got that value of that hundred rand. Now she lost that hundred rand. Ask her heart. She is heartbroken. She might be sitting and crying in the corner also. And she is very down, very depressed. What happened? I lost my hundred rands. Now the next time round that hundred rands came, you should, you'll, you'll, you'll see how she will look after it. And how much extra care she will take that this hundred rands cannot be lost. I cannot afford to lose this hundred rands. And even a fifty rand comes to, she'll look after it very, very carefully. Because she was really heartbroken the first time round, and she felt that remorse, she felt that grief, she was really disappointed, because she had the value of that hundred rand, she knew the value, she worked for it, so now she looks after it very carefully. Now this is just an example, which we can easily understand. Now bring it to the issue of, for example, a Jumu'ah, the day of Friday, such great virtues, such great benefits, extra rewards, so many amal, the rewards are tremendously increased. On a Juma in general, the amal are increased. Then for Durud Sharif, Nabi Islam has said, excessively increase your Durud Sharif on a Friday. Surah Kahf, which is to be recited on a Friday, tremendously great rewards and virtues. The person is granted a nur from one Friday to the next Friday, which extends from the earth to the heavens, and that nur becomes a protection for the person. So many other great benefits and virtues. So now the person who's got the qadr and the appreciation of the Jumu'ah, they will do all these extra things. They will do much, much more than they normally do. They'll recite much more Durud Sharif, recite Surah Kahf, make more tilawat of the Quran Sharif, make some nawafil also, give some sadaqah, They'll do as much amal as they can. Why? Because they have the qadr and the value of that Jumu'ah. And supposing something happened, they had to suddenly get occupied in some, out of the blue some work came up or something else. And that Friday the person missed the Surah Kahf. They couldn't recite as much Durud Sharif as they would normally recite on a Jumu'ah. They couldn't make any nawafil. Something really came up and occupied the whole day. At the end of that day that person is disappointed. person is feeling down person is feeling sad. My Juma came, I didn't make my didn't recite my Surah Kahf I didn't recite Durud Sharif I didn't make some Nawafil I didn't know, do extra Ibadat, I didn't even manage, I didn't forgot even to give some Sadaqah to somebody. They'll feel very sad, very down very heartbroken. But somebody doesn't have that value of Juma Juma comes and Juma goes and like nothing happened because the value is not there so now one Juma came and went and nothing was done, there was no remorse, there was no regret over it. So the next Juma also goes like that. And the next Juma also is like nothing happened because there's no value for it. So likewise the month of Ramadan comes and goes, but we don't have the Qadr for it. We don't have the value of Ramadan in our hearts. And well another Ramadan came, last year to Ramadan was here, next year too it will come and we just carry on like that. So there isn't any preparation from beforehand and then the Ramadan that passed, which we wasted, there's no remorse and regret over it. There's no 
feeling in the heart that what came and went and I did nothing, what a great opportunity had come and I didn't appreciate it. So there was no remorse for last year's Ramadan also, that I could have been doing so much more, I didn't do one bit of it. I wasted my time going to all kinds of other places and spent my time in shopping and this and that and the other and wasted the time. There's no remorse. So when there's no remorse, then the next Ramadan also, there's no preparation for it. The next Ramadan also, there's no concern that I should make the best of it. So this is the need now that we have to become very conscious about the way forward. That this great month of Ramadan is coming. The first thing is to develop the value of Ramadan in our hearts. Because if the value of Ramadan is not there, like that person who doesn't know the value of that money, they're not even looking after it while it's there. And when it gets lost, there's no remorse also. While it's there, there's no concern. And when it gets lost, there's no remorse. So if the qadr of Ramadan is not in our hearts, the value of Ramadan is not in our hearts, we didn't start preparing long in advance, then while Ramadan is there, there's no concern. There's some few things in a routine manner, we'll just do something extra, well, we go to fast, so we'll fast. And, well, some, mashallah, will be concerned about Taraweeh Salah, so we're going to make the Taraweeh Salah. Some don't even bother about that, Allah forbid. And then anything extra in terms of ibadat, some extra istighfar, dua, trying to wake up for tahajjud, being very conscious, I mustn't get caught up in anything wrong, keeping myself occupied in istighfar, in reciting the kalima. Now, if there's no qadr for Ramadan, while Ramadan is there also, there's no concern to look after it. And then after Ramadan is gone, it's well like something came and went, so what? Like that money got lost, so what? So this is a very, very dangerous approach because it shows ingratitude for this tremendously great favor of Allah Ta'ala. There were those pious personalities who used to prepare for Ramadan six months in advance. In other words, Ramadan is coming six months before Ramadan, five, six months, they are already busy preparing for Ramadan. They are mentally preparing, they are preparing the amal. And the month of Ramadan would finish for the next five months or so, they would now be regretting over the time that they didn't make full use of. And making istighfar over that. So almost half the year is going and making istighfar for the loss of Ramadan, what they didn't manage to do correctly. Or Now imagine somebody who is preparing for six months, how well they would have used their time. To the maximum. But yet on top of that, after that they are still making istighfar that we still didn't do justice. So, we too have to start developing this qadr, this value of the Mubarak month. Increasing the value of this Mubarak month in our hearts. And one of the essential things to do in this regard is to start off the talim of fadail Ramadan. The virtues of Ramadan by the Shaykh al-Hadith Inshallah some kind of uh, tartib should take place of this being recited on a daily basis from now in the madrasa and to all the students so that even if it's for a short duration daily but so that the enthusiasm for Ramadan starts developing in our hearts from now the importance of Ramadan starts developing in our hearts from now we should make it a point that at home we commence with the talim of Fadail Ramadan the virtues of Ramadan we surround with our families and in a nice way encourage everybody in a pleasant manner, encourage everyone to be part of the talim 
and we start reading the Fadail Ramadan daily from now, so that by the time the month of Ramadan comes, we have, uh, our hearts have been attuned, and our hearts and minds have been now focused. The enthusiasm is building, we're going closer to Ramadan with tremendous eagerness, and we are waiting to receive the Mubarak month, and when the month comes, then we are now making the maximum of A'mal in that time, and dedicating ourselves very well, now all this will happen if there was this preparation long in advance. And Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, our beloved Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, has taught us that this preparation should start long in advance. How he taught us this? That he showed his enthusiasm for the Mubarak month of Ramadan. When the moon of Rajab used to be sighted, then upon sighting the moon of Rajab, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to make this dua, Allahumma barik lana fi Rajab wa Sha'ban. Ramadan. Ya Allah grant us barakat in the months of Rajab and Shaban. Barakat, our mind only goes to one kind of barakat. Our mind only goes to barakat in terms of material things. We want that barakat also. We want barakat in everything. Barakat doesn't necessarily mean an increase in quantity, but an increase in the production that comes out of it the good that comes out of it. It becomes a source of every goodness, every khair and benefit. It becomes a source of great things happening. So, that barakat we need. But our mind still goes only and is confined to barakat in material things. That, that is also there. But more than that is the barakat in a'mal. The barakat in a person's tawfiq. That the heart is now open towards doing amal. The person wants to make more tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif. The person wants to make more zikr and dua. The person wants to make more amal, more nawafil salah. The person wants to make more sacrifices to stay away from sin. The person is ready to do what is required in order to refrain from all the evils. So from now, as part of the preparation of Ramadan, for example, somebody was caught up in social media, somebody was caught up in all these funny, funny things, Instagram and what not. All these are there. These are the tools of shaitan which he uses to destroy people. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. In itself it's a tool. If somebody uses it correctly, it's fine. But the sad reality is that most of us, we can't seem to know where the line is and we fall far from the from what is good and what is noble and what is safe in using that tool, we fall into things that are terribly wrong, that are very dangerous for our iman, for our amal, and even it is a terrible poison for our dunya also. So now this Mubarak month of Ramadan is coming, and the preparation needs to start from now. So what decision are we going to make in this regard? All these things are there, they are just deceiving people, one person was analyzing something, he's probably a psychiatrist or psychologist or something, whatever he is, and he was analyzing something, that there's so much of domestic issues, the, the extent of domestic issues currently is like many, many, many times more than what it used to be on a percentage level. So why is, what, what are the reasons for this? That Previously, if there were 100 families, then out of the 100 families, maybe 
half a dozen or somewhere around there, 10%, there might be some issues. And out of the 10% also, most will be like nothing too major, nothing too serious. 2-3% would be a little bit more complicated. But now this is like gone 10 times more than that. It's gone maybe even more than the majority sometimes, Allah forbid, in some cases, in some situations, areas and whatever. So what is this? Why is this happening like this? And especially in the newer generation. So this is not part of our topic, but nevertheless a very important point for us to just uh, understand. This is one of the problems. This is not the singular issue that is the cause of all the turmoil and all the problems that are ensuing. But one of the issues is the social media. There are some research, people have made some research in some courts. Now obviously they are talking about whoever came to court now, all kinds of people come there. Non-Muslims, Muslim, other people, whoever. So they did a research in the number of divorces that had gone through that court. Now people end up in court to formalize a divorce. Allah Ta'ala protect us from all these things. But the number of cases that had come, now in the, over a period of time, maybe a few months or six months, so many hundreds, Allah knows, some, some thousand. And they found in the majority of the cases that have been coming recently, the majority, social media played a very high point in the whole thing, a very high uh, influence in the whole thing that brought down the marriage, that caused the collapse of it, how the social media was used, what was the impact of the social media on the person, all the other various things, all the, but the central point in it was the social media, either because it was misused, or because how it impacted on somebody, or because of one thing or the other. In that, this person who was analyzing it, one of the things he mentioned, he said the stupid thing that many people keep doing all the time, they are stuck on Instagram. Now, to explain what is Instagram, we are ignorant about what this is really all about, but nevertheless, so you seeing now this Instagram is just all people's, the lie that they live in pictures. I said, what do you mean the lie that they live being pictured there? So he says, you see, have you ever seen, well I didn't see, so you are asking, but will you ever see, will anybody ever see, illa mashallah, perhaps somebody Allah knows, see somebody's picture on Instagram that they are crying. Well, you see somebody's picture on Instagram that they are in a turmoil. Somebody's picture on Instagram that they are fighting. You don't see that. Everybody on Instagram is smiling. That's what this person is. Obviously, those pictures are all impermissible. That's the clear view that we subscribe to, that even digital pictures of animate objects are not permissible. It is haram. So that's our clear position on the matter. But nevertheless, he's just giving this analysis that you will not see one person on Instagram not smiling. Now this was his analysis. Allah knows best what's the reality. But this is probably by and large the situation. So you, see, you won't see anybody not smiling. Everybody is smiling. But very often that smile maybe just before that smile and or just after that smile, the person was either in the worst kind of uh, negative mood, he was already fighting with someone, or his heart and mind is completely in a turmoil, but for the sake of that picture he smiled, but there's a whole different situation inside him. 
So now, the person who is sitting and watching this all the time, oh, this is so-and-so's husband, Nauzubillah, imagine now what they are looking at. So-and-so's husband, and he's always smiling. My husband is frowning all the time. Now that fellow's husband, that husband is also frowning. He only smiled for the picture. But now she is looking now, and that person's wife, and that person is looking at somebody else's wife, is also smiling all the time. He says, my wife also is only frowning, and this person's wife is only smiling. Whereas that's only for the picture. That's a lie that she's living. Now the whole day they look at how others are smiling, and now they're comparing their own situation, which is not sometimes different to what the reality is out there, and sometimes they are far better off. But they're looking at the lie of other people's lives, that so-called very, very glamorous life that they're living. And what's for the picture is only for the picture. There's no reality in it. Sometimes there have been, somebody said that that whole Instagram was filled with the with the wedding pictures of what is, you know, glittering wedding this was, and the tragedy was, as the person expressed it, that the iddat, uh, that, that the nikah lasted, or rather he put it the other way around, the iddat was longer than the nikah. The iddat, because it then, Allah forbid, Allah forbid, it broke off so quickly, that barely maybe one month's time it broke off. And then the iddat had to be passed, so the iddat took almost three months. So the iddat was longer than the nikah. What a tragedy this is. What a tragedy this is. Now, all the, now somebody is still looking at those Instagram pictures of that so-called wedding, glittering wedding, and what a happy wedding. Now they don't know what went on after that. They say, oof, I wish this was me. Now they are getting caught up in that deception. There is no reality in all this. But now that is playing in people's minds. Now they are looking at this the whole time. And that is now playing in their minds. This is something to be completely deleted. We should get out of all this completely. Not just, one is, mashallah, this should become the catalyst as a preparation for Ramadan. But for Ramadan, for any other time of the year, for our lives, we should be out of all this. Social media, if it is used very, very carefully, just immediate family, just for the sake of just keeping in touch, this too is not free of its problems. And there also there's a lot of issues that could have been very, oh, totally avoided had it not been for how people use that social media. Within immediate families, within circles of friends, not that they're doing something haram, but how it's used. Now somebody just makes one careless comment and now that starts off a argument, a social media argument, a chat. But now who one, two people are now, there's an issue, one person made a careless comment about a second person. But there are 22 other people on that group, 222 people on that group. So now everybody gets involved in this spat between these two people. Somebody is now is for this person, somebody for that person, and somebody is fueling it, somebody is trying to diffuse it, but now it got that whole family and the whole community all embroiled in one thing, out of nothing. But if it was not for that social media, and if it was supposingly that it had to be still spoken on the phone, for example, this person would have said something carelessly, that's wrong, that person got upset, after 10 minutes both would have come back to their senses, and it will all be over. But now that it's all there, it's all in black and white, her husband is sending one stupid message to his wife in that anger, she's sending one stupid message back to him, it's all black and white. Now after one hour he cooled down, and now he read that message again. Now he read that message again, that thing still sparked off the whole thing again. He cooled off already. Now the chance came that he ended up looking at that message once more.
Oh, that friend looked at that message again. How could she write this about me? Now she forgot about it. She cooled down already. But that social media is the fire. But people are not ready to accept this. This is a state of denial. That this is causing problems. Like people who are addicted to substance abuse, many of them are in a state of denial. They won't accept it that this is causing problems in our lives. Likewise, people are addicted to social media, addicted to other things on the phone, addicted to what not, but are in a state of denial. Not ready to accept that this is causing such great havoc in my life and I should get out of all this. So, this is what we need to now focus on as part of our preparation for the Mubarak month of Ramadan and for our own lives, for our good of dunya and for our good of akhirat. We need to now start preparing our lives. Preparing. We don't have any idea whether we will even see the Mubarak month of Ramadan. The month of Ramadan will come. Whether we will be around, we have no idea. In order to appreciate the month of Ramadan, we need to start working from now to build the value of that in our hearts. So one was we mentioned the talim of the fadail Ramadan. That we have to do very earnestly. Together with that, and we do it at home also with our families. In the madrasa, inshallah, it will be done as well. And together with that, together with the fadail Ramadan, daily make dua. Even just for a minute or two. Ya Allah, this Mubarak month of Ramadan is coming. I am so weak. I have wasted so many Ramadans in my life. Ya Allah, you make this Ramadan different for me. That I fully appreciate it. I use it correctly. I dedicate my time. I dedicate my energies in making the maximum amount of tilawat, maximum amount of durood sharif, istighfar, etc. Other amal. So, dua daily. So, one is the fadail amal. And then dua, very earnest dua daily. And together with this, we encourage one another. By talking to others about it, by encouraging others, inshallah this will strengthen us. We will advise somebody with something, we will become more conscious. So, this is a very effective way to develop the greatness of that amal in our own lives. That we give dawah to it, we invite others towards it, we encourage others towards it. Inshallah, whatever good they will do, by our encouragement, somebody else got inspired, somebody else got motivated. The good they will do, they will get rewarded, we too will get rewarded. And many a times it happens that by our one word of advice, one line of advice, somebody got inspired, somebody got motivated, and they got so deeply motivated, that they did so much that we can't imagine doing that much. So we couldn't do it as much as they did it, but we will get a reward of the good they did. So this is such a wonderful way of us taking a share in everybody else's good as well, that we encourage them by means of the talim as well, in general conversation from time to time, in a nice manner, pleasant way, in a proper manner, we encourage one another. Inshallah we will benefit tremendously in this manner and we also will inshallah become successful Others also will benefit. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'awana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka al-shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsithana an alayk. Anta kama athnita ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallama bima huwa ahlu. Rabbana walamna anfusana wa illam taghfir lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna minal khasirin. Allahumma iftah lana bil khair. واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير 
بیدک الخیر انک آنا کلشین قدیر ربنا حبلنا من ازواجنا و ذریاتنا قررت آئین و جعلنا للمتقین اماما ربنا فخفل لنا ذنوبنا و کفر عنا سیئاتنا و توفنا مع الابرار ربنا و آتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلک ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف المعاد ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر مستعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه المعين والحمد لله